Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. And you know I wasn't with you on Friday because of the excellent coverage of the March for Life by the Station of the Cross, EWTN, uh, and so many. So I'm, I'm so pleased to be with you. And you know, I've had some requests <clears throat> to go back to teaching through the faith um, because we'll never be updated as much as we can on the news. So I am going to go back to um, the book. Um, This is The Faith. Um, Hold on a moment. And, um, um, And if you want to be, you can always call in or email or text with anything uh, concerning the current issues, if something um, very urgent or unusual breaks, I'll I'll speak about it as well. But the ongoing evil is simply ongoing and uh, getting worse. And I will say to you, without being any sort of prophet, it will not get better. It will continue to get worse because those <clears throat> at the head of this evil that has been planned for hundreds of years, if not thousands, um, and certainly since the fall, the enemy's been at it. Um, and someone once said that the the demons always do their father's will. They always do the will of Satan. So um, it is getting worse. It's a plan to, um, I'll just say, uh, eliminate and um, a, a great portion of the human race through the COVID vaccine and also to um, <clears throat> control the rest. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a science fiction film. It's amazing. And it's also amazing to me how many people either are not up to date, don't keep up to get date, don't believe the reports, and are simply taking the COVID vaccine, which I warn everybody against taking. Um, so um, if you uh, continue to tune in to the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, I don't believe you need any other sources. You may have other sources, and there are other good sources, but you will have uh, everything you need. Um, and so um, I don't need to repeat that for us, uh, but my heart is that we huddle together as families as individuals, as groups, and learn the faith because uh, what is coming is um, going to be unbearable if your faith is not strong, if your family is separated, or if you're not allowed to buy or sell, as the book of Revelation says, without the COVID uh, passport or now chip. So um, uh, you need to have your faith. You need to have a strong faith. And um, we're going to continue. That's what I'm suggesting for, for every family, 
and absolutely take your children out of school, whatever it is, whatever, wherever they're at, unless they're at a very good Catholic school, not just Catholic in name, but one that truly teaches the faith where you know the teachers and you know their lives. And you know that they practice the faith. Um, or if there's someone in a Catholic school that's not Catholic, they would not counter the faith in any way. I remember when Archbishop Corleone went to San Francisco, all he did was require all the Catholic school teachers to sign a document saying they won't teach against the faith. He didn't even require he didn't even require them to teach the faith, just not to teach against it. And they wrote to the Pope to take him out. Amazing, just amazing. Um, do teach your children the faith. Do protect them. I wouldn't fight the public schools. I would get your children out of that evil uh, mess. So they don't learn critical race theory, and they don't learn gender ideology as young as uh, kindergarten, um, and they don't have to memorize Muslim prayers when they're not even allowed um, to pledge allegiance to the flag or uh, recite any Christian prayers. So I would say you need to, if your children are still in public school, I think it's urgent that you make a plan to get them out and continue to support your family. Grow vegetables, do whatever you can. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Now, the book that we're looking at is, um, oh, hold on a moment now. It is, This is the Faith. This is the Faith. And we are... Um, let me just see chapters. I'm just going to, I won't sum up the whole thing, but um, uh, the first chapter was about God. The second chapter is what is man. The third chapter, which we're in the middle of, is the necessity of religion. As an evangelical, uh, we were taught that religion is man-made, man's way to get to heaven, uh, that God has not given us religion but uh, a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that's what religion is. uh, Religion is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a relationship with the whole Trinity. Um, It is being in the church that our Lord established on earth 2,000 years ago. Um, And that's what we're in, the Catholic Church. Uh, There is no other Christian we're not a Christian denomination. We are the church our Lord established on earth. And um, in the 1500s, Martin Luther, followed by others, left the Catholic Church and formed other groups, which is why they were called Protestants, which became known as Protestantism. And um, if you are a Protestant, um, as I was, a strong evangelical Protestant, you were taught many things that our Lord Jesus Christ is God and that the Trinity, that God is one who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that God sent his Son to die for the sins which separated us from him and uh, rose again to give life to all who will call upon him. All of that is absolutely true. But he also said in John chapter 6, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. This is not symbolic teaching. Um, Protestant pastors have said that um, God doesn't want us to eat 
literally his flesh and drink his blood because that would be cannibalism. It's just symbolic. Well, to that I ask, why would God symbolize cannibalism? Why would he want us to symbolize eating his body and drinking his blood? To me, that makes no sense. And the fact is, it's not true. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Um, Baptism is not symbolic. It is effectual. Uh, The sacraments are signs instituted by Christ to give grace. They are the signs, the outward signs of what God does through those signs. So that water, uh, we use water for washing, bathing, showering, cleansing, washing dishes. Water is an element that cleanses. And so um, uh, we are commanded to be baptized and we are cleansed by the washing of water uh, through the word. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Trinity, it must be the Trinity, not just in the name of Jesus. Um, And water cleanses. Does water save us? Absolutely not. God saves us as we obey him and go through the water of baptism, original sin, God takes away and puts his life into us. Um, In my evangelical life, I would say just we need to ask Jesus into our heart. Of course, there's no such statement in all of Scripture, though we we, um, proclaimed sola scriptura, Scripture alone, there is no such uh, Scripture, ask Jesus into your heart. And if one can believe... That, we, that God, through our invitation, so to speak, or our plea, and ask him into our heart to take our life, to forgive our sins, if God, through that statement, can remove original sin and put his life in us, why can he not do that through the water which he commanded? Water in the Spirit. God doesn't save through water. Well, he doesn't save through our words either. It is God who saves, not us. And he saves us as we obey him. So baptism is the entrance into this new life. Are we born again in baptism? Yes, we are. And Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be born again? If you're Catholic and someone says, are you born again? If you're baptized, you say yes. If you're not, you're not Catholic. You could say, but I was born into a Catholic family. Being born into a Catholic family does not make you um, uh, Catholic. Um, uh, one person once said it, it makes you no more uh, Christian than being born in a bakery makes you a bagel. <laughs> that was more Rosen of Jews for Jesus, so I understand the statement. Um, no, you're born first. We are born from our mother's womb. And as Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, we need to be born again from above. We're born physically through our mother's womb, and we enter into the original sin uh, committed by our first parents, Adam and Eve. We need to be born again of the Spirit to become God's spiritual adopted children. That happens through baptism, and that opens us to all the other sacraments, which are true, true means of grace. Beloved, there's the music for our first break, and we'll be right back. And the second break, as always, will take your calls, your emails, your texts. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back.
St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. There's so much confusion in our world today over what love is. By displaying a Catholic radio bumper magnet on your car, you'll help others understand love as designed by God. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic radio on the road. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. And we are now going to jump back into the book that where we left off i don't know how long ago but quite a while and the title is this of the this is the faith it is a complete explanation of the catholic faith and um it is by canon francis ripley uh among others uh well no um uh, Canon Francis Ripley is the author. It's an audio book now. If you look on, I'm looking on Amazon, and it's also been made into an audio book. <clears throat> so we are now in chapter three, the necessity of religion, and where we left off, we go back maybe a paragraph or two, <clears throat> and it reads, "God alone." God alone can read the inmost secrets of minds and hearts. He alone can estimate every motive. He alone can adequately and justly punish or reward good and evil thoughts, words, and deed. A morality divorced from God, which of course, dear ones, is what we're living in the middle of, people claiming to be Catholic, such as our president and others in politics, uh, they're not Catholic, of course, and... um, uh, they think they were Catholic because they were baptized, but they have long ago 
let God go out of their lives uh, and are living in mortal sin by denying the truths of God. Um, <clears throat> this says, a morality divorced from God, the author of the moral law, cannot be sustained. As Cardinal Mercier says, it is a vain hope to expect the moral law to be observed without recourse to the idea of God. For how is the observance of the moral law to be sufficiently guaranteed if man has no certitude that a just and powerful God will sooner or later establish an eternal harmony between virtue and happiness on the one hand and between vice and misery on the other? It is submission to God that makes a man good, rebellion against God that makes him evil. So no man can be good without religion. Men who want to be thoroughly evil persecute religion and try to suppress it because it opposes their evil designs. Religion is a form of justice. This means that it is concerned with what is right and not merely with what is pleasant or useful, fashionable or consoling. There are some false notions about religion. Many people look upon religion as a source of pleasure for themselves. They even derive gentle entertainment from it. For them, it is a little more than a pastime, a hobby or a luxury. I remember there once when I was working for a, a, a children's home years back um, that there was a, a Christian. Um, I was an evangelical then. And speaking with one of the staff members who was Christian, it was a Christian home, um, non-Catholic Christian home. And I asked him if he's in any kind of Bible study, does anything to uh, nurture himself in the faith. He said, oh, no, no, I had all that as a child. I don't need it anymore. Well, there's no way he could live a full life. There's absolutely no way he could live the full Christian life. <clears throat> This goes on to say, but their motive is the obtaining of pleasure for themselves. This is a perversion. There are even Catholics who neglect to attend Mass on Sundays because, quote, unquote, they get nothing out of it. These people are not interested in doing their duty to God. They want him to serve them. Can you imagine when I first heard that, it, I don't get anything out of it? Well, what do you think you want to get out of it? You are going there to worship the God of all creation. We should bow before him. That he even allows us into his presence. We go to give worship to God, not to get out of it anything. Except his life, if we receive in the state of grace, his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. <clears throat> These people are not interested in doing their duty to God. They want him to serve them. For them, the center of their universe is self, not God. Somewhat similar are the people whose only concern with religion is that it may be useful for themselves. When things go wrong, they turn to God. When all is well, they ignore him. This is an abuse of religion, akin to that practiced by those who only seek what they can make out of religion by commercializing it and turning it into a racket. <clears throat> it is perfectly true that religion is often a source of consolation and happiness, but this is a consequence of it 
and not the reason for practicing it. The reason for practicing religion must simply be the will to be just. Non-Catholics have said that Catholics only attend Mass because they are forced to do so. The truth is that Catholic churches are full at Mass time on Sundays because Catholic people have been consistently taught that it is their duty to attend Sunday Mass. It is right for them to be there, wrong for them to be away. Therefore, other things being equal, the person who goes to church is better than the person who stays away. For the one who goes discharges his debt to God, his debt to God, according to the laws of his religion. When I first became Catholic and I heard I have to go on Sunday because it's our Sunday obligation, I, I, I think I was cut to the heart on that one. You, you have to go? You don't want to go as an evangelical? You couldn't keep me away. You want to go? You, you have to go? What kind of love for God is that? And then I realized hearts can turn cold. Some hearts are warmer than others. And as a parent... You are not going to give your children the choice whether they come with you to church or not because they're too young. And if you give them the choice, many of them, especially in their teenage years, may not want to go. But as a parent, you must um, demand that they go. They're under your authority. And you must not let them uh, give in to their feelings. And that's what God does with us. He knows, as children, our hearts are going to be hot one day, warm, cold another. Um, He's our Father. And He's not going to let our wayward tendencies and our coldness keep us at home. We need to come together for the Sunday um, meal, which is a sacrifice. We must. God is faithful to not let His children wander and do their own thing. External worship is due to God. External worship is due to God. For he is the creator of both body and soul. You say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't have to kneel. I don't have to do anything particularly um, physical. Yes, you do. In honor of God, read the entire Old Testament. Who dared to stand before God? God appears several times in the Old Testament as a theophany. That's an appearance of God. And people fall, Joshua and Midian, and um, people fall on their face before him. We just mosey into church. As a Protestant, God wasn't there. He was known to be in his people, so the people left the church. The church is just a building. When the people are there, God is there because he lives in him, in them. But he's not nowhere as he is in the back, in the Catholic church, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And, be, and he's truly there, truly present. People say, well, God is not a wafer. No, he's not. And he's not a man either. God walked on earth in the form of a man. But God is not a man, he's spirit. He became man, and he became our food. One was no more difficult for him than the other. Both an unbelievable condescension condescension to bring us to himself and to feed us with his very body, blood, soul, and divinity. Why? Because he wants us to become like him, 
the scriptures say we're made for a time just a little lower, for a time a little lower than the angels. But when we get to heaven, we'll be above them. And we need to become like Christ. The psalmist said that one day we shall awaken his very likeness. And the whole process of our being on earth following baptism is sanctification, becoming more like Christ, more holy, more set apart from the world. Bishop Sheen gave the um, illustration once that when cows eat grass, the cow becomes, the grass becomes the cow. They eat grass and it's... um, whatever, transformed into the cow. When we eat the cow meat, uh, the cow becomes us. The lower form of life is always transformed into the higher form of life. And when we receive Christ in the Eucharist, we, the lower form of life, is transformed into him, the higher form, the highest form of life. We become like him. So external worship is due to God, for he is the creator of both body and soul. Both must recognize his dominion. Therefore, by the the very posture of his body at prayer, man acknowledges that he must worship God with his whole being and not merely internally by acts of the will. If this internal worship is sincere, it will express itself outwardly in words and special ceremonies or rites, R-I-T-E-S. In other matters, we express outwardly what we feel inwardly. Our handshake expresses friendship. Our kiss expresses love. Our blows, anger. Why then should we not give outward expression to our love of God and our friendship with Him? We are not disembodied spirits but creatures composed of body and soul. Our senses are apt to draw us away from God. We need some help in the form of externals to make the senses help help awaken spiritual ideas and drive away distractions. Long time ago, I told of, of a wonderful card that I received um, from a dear friend's and while I was an evangelical, and it had, they know that I just love the Lamb of God, and and sheep in any form, porcelain or stuffed or real, uh, I just love sheep because of our Lord, who became um, one for us, um, and was led to the slaughter. Um, so they gave me a little, I think it was a birthday card actually, it had a picture of a sheep on it with little arrows. God gave us eyes to see, ears to hear, feet to shed the gospel of peace. And when I became Catholic, I took that little card and I drew knees on the sheep, knees to bend. I made him Catholic. <laughs> There's the music for our um, half hour break, dear ones. And we come back, we'll take your calls, your emails and your text with anything at all on your heart. This is your half hour. Toll free, the number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at com.
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And again, this is our half hour together. I love this half hour, and I'm happy to receive your calls, your texts, your emails. The call free, toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a text from Rawl. Rawl says, from where do we receive the names of the three magi according to tradition? Blessings, Rawl. Well, I don't know the answer to that, so I looked it up, <clears throat> and Father Dwight Longenecker has written an article titled, The Myth of the Magi. Now, brace yourself, so many things we, we learn our whole lives, and when we learn that they're myths, or other than what we have thought, we get very upset. But we want to know truth, we don't want to stick with misconceptions for the sake of that, um, <clears throat> to soothe ourselves, and I tell you, sticking with misconceptions would never soothe me. Father uh, Longenecker um, has a book called The Mystery of the Magi, um, and you can um, f- probably find it on Amazon and in bookstores. And um, let me just see, um, and he says, Damn, I don't want, want to read the whole thing, but I'm skipping down a little bit, he says, I was not prepared for how difficult it would be. 
dislodge centuries of myth about the Magi. Um, <clears throat> and he, he, he has a rhetorical uh, uh, question here. Whoa, I hear you say, myth? Father, are you a liberal after all? You don't believe the Bible? You think the Magi story is a myth? Yes and no, and not quite so, let me explain. First of all, um, uh, he says, I don't think Matthew's account of visiting the Magi is, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew's account, St. Matthew's account of the Magi visiting Bethlehem is fiction. I think the story is based on real events with real historical characters. However, I'm aware that most biblical scholars think the whole thing is a fanciful fairy tale. In fact, thinking that the Magi story is a fairy tale is a kind of test of whether you are a serious Bible scholar or not. Um, uh, Oh, there's so much here. Um, let me just see. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling down to see where he speaks of the of the wise men. Um, why do scholars, some scholars, think that the Magi has no historical basis? Because all of the stories from the New Testament, the Magi story, of all of them, the Magi story actually has become rather mythical, magical, and mysterious. Um, he says that he explains in his book how the Magi story began to be elaborated by the Gnostic writers, those are who don't believe that our Lord is God, um, in the 3rd and 4th centuries and beyond, um, influenced by lots of false, false theologies going around. Um let me just say, soon they had names, they were kings, and they followed a magical star and rode on camels on a long trek across the desert and a few more centuries and a lot more storytellers. And soon they came from India, China, and Africa. One was an old, one middle age, one young. Then they represented the three main racial groups, African, Caucasian, and Asian. See, it's three wise men, but were not given... Um, um, their whole history um, but none of it is in Matthew's gospel it's a mythical version um, it became the received version and is still the version we tell ourselves at Christmas <clears throat> let me see I should have read this whole article I just locked it up looked it up and um, let me just see uh, Father uh, I, I'm picking out parts of this um, and he says, the traditional folks, let me just see, Mystery of the Magi, most of those who read it, um, okay. You know what? This is not going to satisfy this question, and I don't want to read through the whole thing, but it's not giving us a full answer. It's simply referring us to Father Longenecker's book, The Mystery of the Magi. So, um, my dear Rawl, let me do further work on this, and um, you can also, of course, look it up on the internet, but I'll hold your question and see if we can get a more of a succinct answer um, for our next program. Um, we have a text from Rachel. Um, 
who says good morning mother blessings to you and your sisters congratulations on your new home and your impressive growth thank you rachel oh i i we started this um uh, at the end of the last program and didn't have time so i said we'd take it again rachel says i've been having vivid visions and dreams over the last year year and a half or so i believe they are glimpses into an ongoing battle in the celestial realm and provide insight into the struggle between good and evil in the world right now these have led me to a much deeper prayer life have strengthened my faith and are driving me to learn about the practice of spiritual warfare recently they have stopped completely which has been somewhat of a relief as they are quite consuming but it has also been a little unsettling a week or so ago while in church and during prayer prior to confession i heard a clear voice in my head say i asked you to call me this was communicated in a loving and gentle way and not at all in an accusatory way it was crystal clear and succinct it felt very important my questions are these how do i determine whether or not the visions dreams and this most recent voice are gods and not that of the devil trying to confuse and trick me Um, assuming this is god's work and not satan's and besides continuing to pray and live faithfully as we are taught to do how do i interpret what is being asked of me thank you for your insight and wise counsel may god continue to bless you in your good work faithfully rachel rachel dear one i am not the person to help you with all these things um to get involved in the interpretation of visions and dreams and and uh, voices and how to determine whether or not they are from god or from the enemy or from your own imaginings could also be Uh, there's a book by father tim gallagher discernment of spirits and that might help you also take a look at father chad ripiger's books um, and writings and prayers auxilium christianum uh, christianorum and anything father uh, chad ripper ripiger has done you could look on youtube and just type in uh, Father Chad Ripiger um, and uh, spiritual visions. And uh, he has many uh, videos, and he can help you with that. Okay. Um, We have an email from Manuela um, who says, Good morning, Mother Miriam. I think we began this one also. Thank you for speaking the truth and helping us get to heaven. I try to listen to you as often as I can while at work, and I love your words. Thank you, Manuela. Mother, I need your help and hope you can provide some resources for me. My employer is requiring all employees to get vaccinations or face discipline, including termination. Our mayor passed a mandate for all city employees to be vaccinated by January 15th. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't get to this earlier, Manuela, because it's now January 24th. 
The mandate includes all businesses, restaurants, etc. I refuse to get the vaccine. Good. Or allow my kids to get it. Good. Even though my entire family has taken it, including my husband. Oh, that's not good. Or your entire family, uh, including your husband, but outside you and your children. If I lose my job, I won't be able to get another job as the entire city is requiring the vaccination card. I want to file for a religious exemption to try to save my job. Can you please direct me to any resources that can help me with this process? I don't know if my employer will approve it, but I want to try as soon as possible before the 15th. Any help you can provide is greatly appreciated. Thank you in advance. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Manuela, I'm so sorry that I did not get to your um, um, your email prior to the 15th. Um, um, under catholiccitizens.org, Bishop Snyder um, has provided a COVID vaccine affidavit of religious exemption. Um, and let me just see. Um, and there's an entire article on it that's very, very good. Um, you would go to catholiccitizens.org and then type in COVID vaccine affidavit of religious exemption uh, provided by Bishop Athanasius Snyder. And that will give you um, the information you need and I think the, um, uh, the affidavit. Um, but again, it, it, it sounds like it's a little too late for you, so I'm so sorry, but perhaps it'll still help some. Um, <clears throat> what is the difference, a Facebook comment by Mary Ellen, what is the difference between holy water and epiphany water? Both are blessed, um, and holy water also is holy that contains a, a specific exorcism prayer, but epiphany water is a very much exorcised water um, and very special, more exorcised, um, more um, uh, prayers uh, are given to it to uh, exorcise uh, any evil spirits. So epiphany water is, um, um, let me just say, more effective than holy water without those exorcism prayers. Um, and most churches uh, give out, in our FSSP church, we took home gallons of it, so did everybody else. So hopefully you were able to get exercised water and chalk at Epiphany this year. Um, we have an email from Dorian who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I had the jab... Does this mean I am doomed to go to hell? Absolutely not. No. She says, I'm very scared. I, have our, I love our Lord with all my life, and I will be devastated that I have had it. Is it the mark of the beast? God bless you, Dorian. I don't know, Dorian, if it's the mark of the beast. I think it's certainly training wheels for the mark of the beast, if nothing else. Um, but you're not going to hell. If you knew it was clear that you're taking the jab... Um, denied God to save your physical life, that would be a grave sin. 
But in your case, uh, and in the case of many others who have taken the vaccine, um, it has been um, supported by even our Holy Father, who's done more than supported. He's, he wants us to get it as an act of charity and bishops and others. Uh, I do believe it's evil. I do believe that no one should take it. However, um, again, you are not responsible if you're listening to their voices and, it, and if you're not aware that, it, uh, that it's denying God in any way. And at this stage, it's not denying God. So no, you will not go to hell. You, you, uh, I don't believe you even need to go to confession for that. So um, again, if it's made from aborted fetal cells, I think it's morally sinful. But even the church has countered that. So um, Dorian, don't worry about it. I would not take any further boosters uh, morally or for your, the health of your life. We'll be right back, dear ones, after the break. If you're looking to make the most out of what you can donate to Catholic Radio, making a transfer of stock is a great opportunity for your giving to go even further in support of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Please consider this option in helping us spread the gospel message over the airwaves and through mobile devices. Many people donate to charities by gifting stock. There are even substantial tax benefits for donating stock to a charity such as ours. Would you like to learn more about the possibility of gifting stock to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network? Please call us at 1-877-888-6279. That's 1-877-888-6279. 6279. You can also visit us online at thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your support of Catholic Radio. May God bless you and your family. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. This is our last segment, about 10 minutes so you are welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, 
We have an email from Ron who writes, Mother Miriam, good morning and God bless your ministry. Thank you, Ron. Our local news station has a headline today that Pope Francis said, it is a moral obligation to take the vaccine. Ron says, I'm not trying to start any anti-vax commentary here, but I was wondering if this is true and we really have a moral obligation. At this time, I have a medical exemption that my company has accepted, but I am worried because of the Supreme Court. I'm 63 years old. I will continue to pray for you in LifeSite News. Thank you. Regards, Ron. Thanks so much, Ron. Ron, the Pope, when he uttered that statement, um, is not speaking from the chair of Peter, but simply as a man, uh, without any authoritative voice whatsoever. It's simply his opinion. No one on the face of the earth, Catholic or not, has a moral obligation to take the vaccine. Absolutely no one. Again, that is the Pope's own opinion um, uh, for whatever reason or desire, for whatever reason, but uh, it's an incorrect statement. We do not have a moral obligation. Um, And again, uh, we, we need to understand that the Pope is a human being like us. He can sin, he can err, in his um, opinions and thoughts, um, but we do not come under him uh, other than what he speaks from the chair of Peter and what is the faith once delivered to the saints through 2,000 years. When he speaks the truth of the Catholic faith, um, he has authority. When he does not and he speaks matters of his own opinion, uh, his own assessment, Uh, we can follow him if we wish, but we are not obligated to whatsoever. And we do not have a moral obligation to take the jab, certainly not a vaccine that is made from abortal fetal cells. Um, We have an email from Scott um, who says, Hi, Mother. My name is Brother Knight Scott. K-N-I-G-H-T, Brother Knight Scott. I am in Knight's Council um, at the uh, cathedral, um, uh, Knight's Council 15118, at the Cathedral Community in Rochester, New York. I have a friend who goes to a so-called Catholic church in Rochester. The founding father believes that women can become priests as well as men. When I tried to tell my friend that only ordained men can become priests, I feel that she may want to punch me in the mouth. Um, Well, um, how can I speak tenderly and lovingly to her so that she may understand and return back to the true Roman Catholic faith? I'm totally blind. And I need a resource that works with, he puts in quotes, JAWS, um, which is a screen reader. Oh, this is a true thing. I need a resource that works with JAWS, capital J-A-W-S, which is a screen reader for blind people. I used to go to this congregation. A homily brought me in and a homily brought me out. This congregation believes that men and women can become priests. They also believe in gay and lesbian marriages and that all are welcome to the table of the Lord, regardless of all things. 
Well, they're not Catholic, Scott, and uh, dear brother Knight Scott, they're not Catholic. Their their teaching is absolutely false and sinful. I don't know who that priest is, but um, he and the and the parish need to be reported to the bishop. Uh, they should not exist, and they are absolutely not Catholic. I think perhaps the best way for you to help um, your friend is to ask someone to help you to find an article by Pope St. John Paul II uh, where he wrote um, on uh, definitively that it is an infallible teaching that women cannot become priests. Women cannot become priests. And so um, only men, that's what our Lord chose. That's what he determined. And uh, no other, for, for a sacrament to be real, you need form and matter. And the matter uh, is, just as in the Eucharist, the matter needs to be true bread and true wine in order for the words of consecration to, trans, for, uh, to uh, transform them into the body and blood of Christ. It's with the priesthood, the matter is men, not women. And the form is the form of the ordination, the words. But um, the matter is men, not women. So I would uh, look up um, uh, Pope St. Pope John Paul II's uh, writing on that. Also, um, I think it's um, Alice, Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, my spiritual um, uh, grandmother, who um, wrote a book, I think together with Peter Kreeft, and it is titled Women Priests, and it's every single explanation why women cannot be priests. And and I know there are women who've been ordained by bishops. They've Both of them have put themselves out of the Catholic Church and excommunicated themselves by so doing, but that ordination doesn't make them a priest. Anymore, if you say words over... Um, a bowl of cereal, it's going to become uh, the Eucharist. It, it, it doesn't happen. So the women who have uh, been thought to be made priests, uh, they're simply women in priest's clothing, but they are absolutely not priests. And whatever they consecrate, if they consecrate bread, it remains bread. And whoever receives it from him, from them, they are not receiving the Eucharist. They are receiving mere bread, which will do them absolutely no spiritual good and will work against them because they are attending a false church. We have an email from Tammy who says, Hi, Mother. I have two questions for you. What scapular do you recommend? I see a rosary-knotted rosary scapular that I like, but I'm not sure if it qualifies. A rosary-knotted Scapular. I'm not quite sure what that is. And what age would you recommend children start wearing them? Uh, I'm not really sure what a rosary knotted scapular is, uh, Tammy. Um, it could be a true scapular. I, I'm just not sure what it is. Um, and as far as the age, I would say certainly um, at the time of the First Communion. So at least by seven, at least by seven, if not sooner. 
Um, another question from Tammy. <clears throat> My daughter, Adeline, who is a diabetic six years old, gives up all her shots slash suffering for the salvation of souls. How wonderful is that? Oh, that's so wonderful. She's very connected to God, but she really fears the dark, and therefore sleeping alone is hard for her. She always wants to be with someone. Okay. Um, Dear um, Tammy, you know what? Let me finish reading this tomorrow. I'll start from the beginning. We'll take your email first uh, on tomorrow's program uh, so we can do it justice. Okay, God bless you. God bless all of you. Um, Live for him. Don't compromise your faith, faith in any way. And do prepare for a time that we may no longer be able to shop for food um, or anything else without the vaccine or the chip that's already been given to the thousands. God bless you. We'll speak with you tomorrow.